lay in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have uh, some interesting... We have an, we're going to have an interesting show for you today because we have uh, something from Cash Patel that's talking about the Middle East and this guy we've never heard of. Um, and we're going to listen to it together. Uh, it's going to be really revealing and, and interesting. And we're going to talk about the news of the day. Um of course, we have now an interim speaker, McHenry, and that's the guy, that's the little man syndrome guy that loves McCarthy and loves Ukraine money and just started pounding away at the gavel um, in rage, enraged. Um, you know, a real loser, really, if you ask me. And uh, he's now the interim speaker. And you got to understand that this fight. What, you got to ask yourself the question: Why the why so? Why is this fight so? You know, so so demented. Why is it just happening the way it is? Right. And uh, it's all about the money. It's all about the promises and guarantees, and its uh, obligations and the money. And it's all about the money to Ukraine. That's why in the beginning I said, this is always about Ukraine. That was what it was about. And uh, I know some people at the State Department and, you know, basically uh, they were highly upset with the Matt Gates move. And, you know, the, the reason why people are trashing Matt Gates is because he disrupted the money train. And he's disrupted their plans and made their plans more difficult. And I would say Israel is even a plan. The, the whole apartheid division thing in Israel, we're going to find out more today with this show. We're going to find out a little bit more about the politic involved in the Middle East crisis. Because, again, all of these crises 
didn't have to happen. But they are happening. They're happening because there's political power and there's money. And in addition, the power and the money are really about maybe something else. Policy, globalism, a woke agenda, DEI, ESG, climate change, COVID and pandemics, and the World Health Organization, where the World Health Organization wants to usurp power and sovereignty from nations. And nations are willing to sign on to these things because the people that are doing the signing are all disciples of Klaus Schwab. They're all young leaders that were groomed in a certain condition. They gained their power and influence by being indoctrinated and pushing an agenda that's not true, but it's all about global power. It's all about this concept of a one-world government, this new world order. And all of these leaders are conditioned to drive in that direction. And Trump beats to his own drum, drives in his own direction, and they can't have they can't have that. And so State Department fo- policy, whether it's, uh, you know, USAID run by Samantha Power, who used to be the UN ambassador, and she was the one that used to unmask people within the Trump administration in the wake of the Obama administration, spying on Trump, tr- Trump his adversary, and rigging up all kinds of things like Kislyak and and General Flynn in their perfectly good phone call. But they tried to say that somehow that was a violation of some sort of Hatch Act or whatever act it was. They're trying to say that they were meddling in foreign affairs. The Logan Act, I think, was the violation. Like John Kerry hasn't involved himself in the Logan Act when he was talking to Zarif from Iran and meddling in Iranian business. Or when Joe Biden was talking with uh, the leader of uh, Poroshenko, the leader of Ukraine, to talk about not accepting aid to Ukraine from Trump. Because if that were the case, then Trump would look into Privy Bank and all these other entities and figure out how the game was being played and clean it up and ruin it for a lot of people who were getting a lot of money. You know, we're talking about billions of dollars. That's a thousand million nares. A thousand. And a hundred thousand millionaires is a lot of millionaires. A hundred billion dollars is one hundred million dollars. Or no, it's a thousand million dollars. So that's a thousand people that get a million dollars in their pocket. One billion. And a hundred billion, I guess, is a hundred thousand. I don't know. But um, it's a lot of money that's floating around. And some of it, yes, goes to, to the good, right? It goes to what it's supposed to. Some of that money. 
But like the Clinton uh, Gateway Initiative or the Clinton Foundation, only about 10% of it goes to the right cause. See, there are these charities that are just about hoarding money and none of it goes to the right cause. And that's a problem. So when people donate to charities, they don't know where that money's going to. It's, in many cases, it's a slush fund. So someone donates to the Clinton Foundation and every dollar, 90 cents of it, goes to airfare, luxury, uh, hotels, uh, happy meals, you know, very expensive dining. It's a slush fund. They don't have to spend their own money to live the high life. They could spend other people's money. And these government officials are really good at foundations because they're always used to spending other people's money. They never spend their own money. They never touch it. And so these monies that go get approved by Congress and go out to Ukraine come with strings attached, and those strings are associated with lobbying groups, PR firms, and think tanks in Washington, D.C. that are consulting. They get huge consulting fees in exchange for that money. So the money is basically going not to a missile or a tank, but it's actually going back to a Washington lobbyist, think tanker, analyst, or advertising firm to promote and package. And we know this for a fact that Zelensky spent more time in front of a green screen than he ever did anything else. With photo, photo ops for all kinds of magazines. That's what he spent most of his days doing. What kind of war is this? It's a war of propaganda is what it is. And in fact, I, th- I believe with the, in the world of censorship and social media that most of the wars we're engaged in now are more about propaganda and disinformation than anything else. And the people that are disinform- disinforming or misinforming on purpose are the people that actually say they want to control the censorship of these social media platforms in a way that mandates that if they don't work on behalf of the government, they will be shut down. They will be taxed and violated uh, and regulated. And so the platforms themselves which are the only platforms where people actually get a chance to communicate with each other. Social media, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or Truth or this or that, it's being controlled by your government openly and brazenly. I mean, people in Europe are basically saying you've got to play by our rules. And people at the UN are saying we control what you see over at Google when it comes to climate and COVID. When it comes to the science. And I talk to really smart people and they actually believe it. They actually believe, well, the science says this. I was talking to somebody recently about climate. I said, you do realize that CO2 follows temperature. It's not the other way around. Game changer. I said, just look it up. It's a fact that CO2 follows temperature. 
the temperature leads is a leading indicator of CO2. When temperature rises, CO2 is sure to follow. And so rising CO2, they know CO2 is going to rise because it usually is lagging behind temperature by about 600 to 800 years, depending on which science you're looking at. But at some point, they know already that the temperature, where the temperature was, so they know where the CO2 is going to be. And so it's a, it's a ruse. Yes, CO2 is going to rise a little. We know it because we know what the temperature was 800 years ago. So we know where the CO2 is going. The best thing you could do to counterbalance that if you wanted to lower CO2, which is not necessarily a great thing, is to plant more trees. But they're plowing down the trees and they're trying to build solar panels. They can't do the job as efficiently and as effectively as what God created, a tree. So it just doesn't make any sense. And we have to pay for all this stuff as taxpayers. They create a pandemic, then they put out the fire. It's sort of like this arson that's a fireman. Job security, right? Light a match, set it on fire, and then you have a job for the next three months putting the fire out. That's job security. You know, it's just that simple. These people are creating wars and profiting from them. They're creating pandemics and profiting from them. And all the while, the middle class is being robbed. And all the money that gets created and injected into the global economy is causing this inflation that at some point is going to be so unmanageable that we're not going to be able to pay our rent, buy a car. And then they're going to turn around and say to your face, you'll own nothing and be happy. And that's exactly what Klaus Schwab said. It's all part of a strategy, a very slick strategy. 15-minute cities, controlling people, corralling them into a safe space. They'll, they'll tell you that they want to, it's for your safety, for the safety, for the greater good. You know, so they basically are using the fire and the, you can't cry, you, free speech is, only goes but so far. You can't claim fire in a, a, a theater because that could result in people stampeding out of there and real people could get really injured. But that's, uh, they're using that argument for just about everything. We have an audio clip for that too. It's an 11-minute clip. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it's all the disinformation that we um, have endured. And then I was thinking, you know, uh, here we are. I'm listening to Cash Patel or I'm listening to this, that, and the other. And I got to tell you, we need good news and we need good information now more than ever. And we don't even have one news outlet today. Not one that we trust. Do you trust the New York Times? No. Do you trust the Washington Post? No. And you know that all these other small town newspapers get their wire services from, you know, 
Associated Press and Reuters, you know, and all these news wire services. Back in the day, in the eighties, it was Knight Ritter and and uh, and U, 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 UPI and and all kinds of other outlets. Um, whoops. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and take this call. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Oh, yeah, caller. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Um, yeah, you were you're. I had so many things in my head. You're, right now, you were just talking about the uh, the, the CO two follows okay, temperature. Yes, about. it follows temperature. Right. So, uh, have you ever asked these people that that push that stuff that um, it, first you have to uh, establish the ground uh, that uh, people are causing the CO two that's causing the warming. Okay, that that's the argument that they would make. If that's the case, then how did the Earth ever come out of an ice age at all? Right. We've had five ice ages, and guess what? Each and every ice age followed the highest point of CO2. So when CO2 climbed to a peak, it was then followed by an ice age. And that was before mankind even grazed the Earth. I don't right. know if you can blame dinosaur flatulence. I, I you know, have no idea. <laughs> but it's uh, and net zero. What is that? Has anybody tried to pin someone down on that? What do you mean by net zero? Zero CO two. What does that mean? Well, net zero is does that mean no death. more life on Earth. You need at least two and a half percent CO two to survive. It, it below if CO two were to go below two and a half. We'd all be dead. CO2 is at 4%. That's what CO2 is, 4% of the atmosphere. And what they're talking about is a fraction of 1%, like 0.03 of 1%. And they want to spend $200 trillion, and they don't even know what that net result would be. And that's their argument. That is their argument. That's their best argument. Now, the argument that actually trips them up completely is that that's it. That's if you concede that that CO two leads temperature. But most real scientists that aren't in on this scam are suggesting, and I can give you ten different audio clips from ten different scientists that are leading, like the founder of the Weather Channel and stuff like that. You know, real people. And they mm-hmm. all say that CO2 follows temperature. Once you say that, it's game over. Because if temperature is being is rising because of the this solar position of the sun, you know, like the Earth's position as it rotates, you know, and and gets closer or farther away from the sun, right? In some sort mm-hmm. of a, a, a solar system. Um, then, then, and temperature is just proximity to the sun, and CO two rises and falls based on the temperature and what we know to be cyclical temperature by the rotation around the sun over thousands of years. Then, well, just the simple fact that they they say that other planets in the solar system are heating up too. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Did we There's have an anything ice to cap. do with that? There's an ice cap. I guess it's on Mars, right? There's an ice cap right. on Mars that that is melting. <laughs> Why? How? You know? Well, that's because of our air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, so it's clearly that it's cyclical. It's like it's, um, and it's not just cyclical. It's like the rotation around the sun in our solar system. It impacts temperature. And temperature then has an impact on CO2 levels, as does ocean temperature. Like the ocean temperature has the biggest impact on CO2. It's not emissions at all. And so our little contribution to it is nothing on the grand scheme of things. And not only that, in addition to that, we don't even have, we're giving ourselves way too much credit because even if the West goes to net zero. China is throwing up more smokestacks than ever before. They're they're burning more coal. They're digging more. They're they're doing more pollution because they're getting a bigger, bigger export than they have ever had before. They're enjoying it. Why? Because of the Paris Agreement. The Paris Agreement that says no more manufacturing in the West. We're going to do all the manufacturing in the East. Oh, isn't that convenient for the corporations that want to benefit from slave labor? They don't want to pay twenty an hour. They want to pay twenty a day, right? Yeah. I mean, am I right? Yeah. And that's what the Paris Agreement regulates. That's what it mandates. The Paris Agreement mandates that. The Paris Agreement is basically mandating slave labor. Saying, and corporations are like, yeah, that sounds great to me. You know, we're going to go ahead and get all of our labor. We're going to enforce it so that you have to. And it just so happens that they're doing it. They're, they're calling countries like India and China developing nations. And it just so happens that out of the seven, eight million or billion people, they represent three billion people. You know, it's one and a half billion or 1.4 billion or whatever you want to call it in China and the same thing in India. So it just so happens that where the people are, the you know, uh, where the population is worth less, if you want to use it from an economy of scale perspective, you know, where there's 3 billion people instead of 330 million in America, then people are sort of like by each individual worth less. You know, I don't look at people that way, but I mean, I'm just saying from an, if you're talking about dots on a map, um, they're basically saying these people are cheaper. So we're going to go ahead and do all of our manufacturing over here and the Paris Agreement is going to regulate it and the World Economic Forum is going to endorse it and together BlackRock and Klaus Schwab are going to have a field day with climate. And basically, we're going to figure out new ways to make it impossible for the West to manufacture successfully. Who, uh, who makes the, the designation, the, uh, the developing nation uh, designation? The globalists. I mean, sitting in Davos. Is it, they, UN? Is it UN? or No, it's, it's partly the United Nations. They have their own set of rules and regulations and guidelines and and then the WHO just came out with their pact impact uh, pact that was basically endorsed by nations uh, suggesting that they would have um, sovereign new sovereignty over nations when the next pandemic hits and it's not if it's when you know we haven't had a pandemic in a century 
And all of a sudden, they're talking about another one coming right around the corner, like on election day or something. So we can do mail-in balloting. I mean, whatever. You know, we know what the jig is. The jig is up. But they're getting away with murder. And so when the WHO gets together, they're getting together with these world leaders, like the Bilderbergs. You know, you see all these world leaders getting into a room. And they're giving guidances. They're basically giving a playbook saying... If we all work together, you know, one individual can't do it. And that's why Trump upset the apple card. Because Trump said, we're not going to do it. We're getting out of the Paris Agreement. And all hell Mm -hmm. broke loose when he did that. Because TPP doesn't work without United States money. Paris Agreement does not work. Yeah, no, it's not just that. It's the money. It's about the... um, it's about the redistribution of wealth. Remember when Obama said to Joe the plumber, oh, we're going to spread it around a little? We're going to take money out of mm-hmm. this guy's pocket and give it in, put it into your pocket? And so well, That's you, what the carbon credits are. Yeah, and that's what equity is about. And that's what communism is about. And that's what picking winners and losers is about. It's why J6 people are still rotting in jail, whereas Palestinian protesters are home sleeping tonight without any threat that the FBI is going to be busting down their door. For doing the same damn thing. Yeah. And that is two standards of justice. That's what you get in an equity environment. That's what you get in a communist country. You get political dissidents rotting in jail like like the Castros did to Cuban dissidents. It's no different. And we're asked to support people like Justin Trudeau and uh, Joe Biden and all these other globalist monsters in the name of, you know, uh, democracy. It's insane. You know, that you mentioned that, that's another, that's one thing that, that Trump is really upsetting me about when he keeps mentioning democracy, our democracy. Somebody's got to get in his ear and say, listen, man, we're a republic, not a democracy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I got to roll. But thank you for calling in. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, uh, yeah, if you'd like to call in, the number is 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call in and be heard today, um, just got to make sure. We got to limit the calls, though. But, um, um. Happy to take some calls. I have some audio clips. I want to talk a little bit about this McHenry thing. This, uh, I want you to hear some audio associated with this because it's um, it's striking. So we're going to listen to some Matt Gates here for a second. Well, let's listen to Kevin McCarthy first. Um, here's Kevin McCarthy. He, by the way just hates Matt Gates, And again, Matt Gates basically disrupted the money flow and he's made it really difficult for these corrupt congressmen to money launder and to get kickbacks and to get money from the Ukraine deals and the Israeli deals and these wars, these constant wars. Let's take a listen to this. Oh, we're going to go ahead and flip the audio and... Uh, Let's see if we can get some audio out of this. Let's see what happens here. For people who won't know all the different rules. After 9-11, they um, created a system 
where you put names on a list if a case that you were no longer speaker for somebody to carry out that role until you elect a new speaker. And it's so a, that list includes this loser named McHenry. <laughs> about the continuity of government. I always believed the names I was putting on the list could carry out and keep government running until you elect a new speaker. There is a question. Translation. Keep the money flowing from the laundering that's going on in Ukraine and Israel. Um, McGovern ran down to try to make a legal question. Some people legally say McHenry has that power, and some will say doesn't have his, uh, the, all the power. So it's so ambiguous. There was a, um, as to what the role is that McHenry can play as an interim speaker. That's why I'm playing this audio clip. Should we allow McHenry to have that power so we can deal with Israel and others and keep things working? I know the Democrats tried to make some legal thing against it. Uh, and that's the discussion we're having in there. Can until we explain specifically what happened with Matt Gates? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I was at the mic, I was speaking, and Matt Gates tried to interrupt and say, so I told him to sit down, and he sat down. What's your view I think it, him? No, I told him to sit Do down. I, th I think the entire conference screamed at him. People are, listen, we, the whole country, I think, would scream at Matt Gates right now. I'm not screaming at Matt Gates. I'm actually applauding Matt Gates for what he has done, okay? Matt Gates did a good thing, in my opinion. Now, if I'm wrong about this, if this proves me wrong and I end up with egg on my face for saying this, so be it. But I think that there's a lot of corruption going on and these people are none too happy. We should not be financing these foreign wars and we certainly should be doing them in an omnibus, pack, piling it on uh, with perks and earmarks and pork in every single spending bill which McCarthy lied about, promised he wouldn't do it. McCarthy also said he was going to release the J6 footage. He didn't do it. So McCarthy broke his word on so many occasions. He's a swine, he, and he had no business ever being speaker. Remember, it was a crazy eights led by Matt Gates, And that's and the new phrase, crazy eights, by the way. Crazy eights is their new phrase, right? They're not crazy eights. They're patriots in my book every single Democrat that put us into this situation. Uh, we've never been in this situation before, but how do you have 4% of your conference remove a speaker when 96% are there? This is why we're here. He had no plan afterwards. Now we have Israel at a war, questions whether Congress can act, uh, questions where we'd be able to go to select a new speaker. I mean, it's a difficult situation driven by one person, for his own personal beliefs, his own animosity towards me, and his concern about what's inside an ethics complaint that was filed before I was even speaker. What is the what is the support for the McHenry resolution to give him more powers, and would you need Democrats to come and help you? Well, the, the question in there, we'd like to have all Republicans, but it's, they get into the bunch of legal minds whether they're or not. I just think we need to make sure government still runs. And I think we should be having a resolution on the floor in support of Israel. I have a five-point plan to support Israel. But the question right now is you can't do anything until you elect a speaker. And apparently, there's not enough votes to elect a speaker. Should Jim Jordan step down? Uh, look, it took me 15 times to win. So I, I don't question when someone keeps being having the opportunity. Do you think there's some Henry acting Look, when I, put, when, I put, when I put McHenry's name down, it was my belief that if I, something happened to me, that McHenry could run the floor until we elected a new speaker.
It was not my intention when I put a name down that they couldn't do anything. So why would you put a name down? When the president decides on a State of the Union who his de designated survivor is, I think it's his he or her intention that if something happens to everyone else, that that person could carry on the continuity of government. If we provided these rules after 9-11, I believe it was the intent of Congress for that same reason to put a name down and you put a number of names that that person could carry on the job if something you fail to not be able to do the job. So, what, so is, is there going to be a vote on this resolution? I don't know if there's going to be a vote or not. You'll, you'll have to talk to uh, the what are you why, why, oh, the question, why did I choose McHenry? There, there's a number of people I chose. It's in the order. I, I think from a Patrick McHenry, I wanted somebody who had been committee chairs. I wanted somebody that wasn't seeking the job because their role was to, to, to carry it out and put it. I wanted somebody that could work with all sides. Um, and McHenry is, is ideal for all that. If you watch him, he's not seeking to be speaker. He believes in the continuity of government. He's chairman of a, of a substantial committee. He understands the working. He's been here a number of years, so he understands how Congress works. He has respect on both sides of the aisle. He could carry out the job. Remember, when you're speaker, you don't determine whether the bill passes or not. The committees work on whether the bill comes before. You make sure government keeps working. It's shocking to me that all the Democrats and eight of those crazies led by Gates would vote to literally stop one branch of government. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. What are you telling members who are calling on Congressman Jordan to suspend his campaign? That, that's a conversation with them. Look, uh, I went 15 rounds in the process. Um, and so well, the whole thing about uh, Jim Jordan not getting the votes is because there are people that are told, yeah, Jim Jordan has to, you know, according to Ken Buck from Colorado, Jim Jordan has to fund Ukraine, has to do unlimited spending in Ukraine and Israel. That's first. Secondly, he has to denounce Trump. He basically has to say Trump lost. That's what that, I played those audio clips. You, you know that I played them. And that's what was said. I can't even believe he said it. Right? I mean, that's how dumb can you be? But Ken Buck is that dumb and should never be elected uh, for reelected for, for office ever, in my opinion. Um, and uh, a lot of these rhinos that are supporting this unbelievable corruption in Ukraine are basically supporting the Biden crime family. And at the same time, they're crucifying the Trumps. And not saying a doggone thing about the Trumps. But they're, they're not doing a doggone thing about the Bidens. There's all kinds of evidence of crime. Pictures. Documents. Bank records. LLs, you know, uh, shell companies. Everything. Nothing gets investigated. Nothing gets done. Trump basically values his property. Uh, and they want to undervalue it. They want to, you know... I was at a gala last night, and guess what? Everybody was joking, like, uh, because we're going to be uh, down at Mar-a-Lago in a week. And uh, the the idea was, oh, yeah, but you know what? I uh, And some people, um, the event I was at last night was this West Palm, or this Palm Beach uh, Freedom Act uh, Club. And uh, in any case, 
they, they were from Palm Beach. And the people that were there, and I said, oh, we're going to be down at uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, next week. And uh, and and I'm, I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. It's so nice. It's, it's crazy. I said, yeah, but it's only worth $18 million. And everybody laughed. You know, because it's it's a joke. It's a joke that the judge would say that Mar-a-Lago is worth only $18 million. It's just a flat-out lie. And they're doing the exact, to win, to try to win the case, a corrupt case against Trump. They got to make stuff up out of thin air that's not like a, a, the climate hoax, the climate scam, or the, the scamdemic, or the Russian hoax, or the Jussie Smollett hoax, or you name it hoax, right? That's all they do. The Zelensky call hoax, the impeachment hoax, right? All of these things are just insane. And we're supposed to believe them all. That's all the Democrats have. You could be Johnny by the book and still be crucified in Washington, D.C. if you're a supporter of Donald Trump. You could get along just fine if you're a Republican that toes the line and acts like a herd of sheep and basically gets gets along with the money train and laundering schemes. But listen... We're going to listen to a Matt Gates clip right now. Let's take a listen. I, th- I think that I'm against speaker light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional desecration to not elect a speaker of the House. We need to stay here until we elect a speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But But twisting and torturing the Constitution... To empower a temporary speaker is having a speaker light that is not constitutionally contemplated is deeply infirm, and I will do everything possible to stop it. So you know, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is on the Matt Gates uh, train, Jim Jordan train, really. But I think it's fascinating because she was one that was on the McCarthy train because McCarthy promised her a whole bunch of gravy, and she basically did her deal and supported McCarthy. Um, and she got to be on different uh, committees and things like that. When she was in the prior conference uh, or Congress, uh, she was ousted or ousted. Let's take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, um, uh, I do not support this plan. Republican voters work she, too hard. She does not support the McHenry interim speakership plan give us the majority for us to enter some sort of temporary speakership. Um, our conference has a responsibility to the American people, uh, to our districts, to work together and unify. And this conference is absolutely broken. And the reason why we're broken is because Republicans worked with Democrats and put us here. Um, it's outrageous. We have, we have serious issues happening in our country. Terrorists have come across our border. War is breaking out in Israel. War is continuing in Ukraine. The economy is getting worse and worse, and inflation is crushing everyone's ability to afford to live. Um, this is the most disappointing thing, and it has it has to change. Are you disappointed seeing Mr. Jordan supporting this idea? Yeah, absolutely. We we voted for him to be our speaker nominee. Um, we only had two votes. I wanted to see it keep going today, 
and and find a way to work with the holdouts to get get to get together so that we can continue doing our work. And I don't know why this is happening. So I'm very disappointed. Uh, there's some, uh, he wants to move with a resolution to to empower Patrick Patrick McHenry as some sort of a short-term speaker. I think that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, he wants to do that while he continues talking to people and finding a path. Um, I, I completely disagree. I think that we should all be able to find a path in that room right there. Um, and that requires putting the egos down. It requires humility. It requires the eight Republicans that work with Democrats to put us here asking for forgiveness in the conference and, and people giving forgiveness and us moving forward. Um, this, this is not a plan. Uh, for, well, I don't for like Trump. that part. You know, I, didn't, I haven't heard that part. Um, she's asking for the crazy eights to like the Matt Gates wing that started this all. She's asking for them to ask for, for forgiveness. I, I, I'm not into that. Uh, I think that what they did was 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 important because it breaks up the status quo and the business as usual. Now, a lot of people are making the argument that Matt Gates has interest in being the government next governor of Florida. I guess Florida is limited to two state terms, two terms, and so DeSantis wouldn't even be running. He wouldn't be running against DeSantis, and I think it's very clear. It came out of his mouth. He said, yeah, he's probably going to be pursuing that. So Matt Gates really doesn't care about leaving Congress because he's going to run a full-fledged campaign to be governor anyway. Um, I think he's tired of going to D.C. He's tired of, you know, the way the businesses are run and uh, uh, in Washington, and I think he'd rather be governor. But let's take a listen to Matt Gates here. For you because we are live here right now. How icy was it for you in that room? I heard it got pretty intense. Well, I'm not for everyone, as it turns out, and I have my detractors, but I'm an attorney by trade. I don't get emotional about the presentation of arguments and listening to other people's arguments. It doesn't affect how I think about people. I was there to make the substantive argument that speaker light is a bad idea, just like Bud Light. Um, but, but I far prefer us to continue having votes going forward. And, you know, when I held out, with Speaker McCarthy, we had goals. We had specific things we were fighting for. I think a reasonable question to those that are holding out and not voting for Jordan is, what are you fighting for? What are your goals? What are your objectives here other than to, uh, than just recalcitrance? Thank you so much. We're just going to move our way out of this now, Chris, and for you because we are live. <laughs> so they didn't love that answer um, for a lot of reasons. But let's take another listen to this this question, this exchange. Out of this, you may not get Jim Jordan as speaker. You may get someone more moderate. What did you actually get for leading this charge to push out Kevin McCarthy? We're shaking up Washington D.C. We're breaking the fever, and you know what? It's messy. But the only reason people think there's chaos in this town right now is because the special interests aren't in control anymore. So I think we're going to have an upgrade at the position of Speaker of the House. For me, it was never about any one person. It was about it was about ensuring that we got an upgrade at the position. Kevin McCarthy had failed us. He'd made multiple contradictory promises. We weren't really governing under McCarthy. Everybody's making this big deal out of the fact that you know, we've burnt the equivalent of four legislative days on all of this. But, I mean, we've spent like seven legislative days on post offices and procedural votes, for goodness sakes. This is what it's supposed to be. And it's not clean and it's not orderly. And the lobbyists and the special interests hate it. But I don't seem to mind too much. Remember um, they made a big stink out of uh, how many billions of dollars we're going to take to build the wall? And that they waste, they blow $100 billion on money laundering in Ukraine? 
right? So, I mean, you know, don't give me this six billion is too much. How many billions of dollars are we spending flying these unbelievable immigrant, these criminal immigrants uh, across the borders and, and into different cities and how much chaos and how many people are getting raped and how many people are dying from drugs and, and how many people are getting robbed and, and uh, the impact it has on our schools and the election fraud that's associated with all this tumultuous uh, chaos over the open borders, right? So, I mean, when you think about it, do they really care about the $6 billion it was going to take to build a, a beautiful wall? No, they don't care about, you know, so to complain about four legislative days when, yeah, half the time it's as boring as you could possibly imagine. The only time legislative days are exciting is when there's a, you know, a um, a committee hearing that's talking about real injustices practiced by the Biden administration, who apparently hates America. This this McHenry guy, the Democrats aren't afraid to have Patrick McHenry as spe- speaker. He has a 46% liberty score, uh, which is closer to most Democrats than most Republicans. McHenry is a huge Ukraine guy. And will rubber stamp money going to them with no problem. He voted in favor of the Ukraine Democracy Defense Lend Lease Act of 2022. He voted in favor of the 2022 Ukraine Supplemental Appropriations. Uh, He voted against Amendment 21 to H.R. 2670, the National Defense Authorization Act, which would have stricken $300 million of assistance for Ukraine. He voted against Amendment 22 to H.R. 2670, the National Defense Authorization Act, which would have prohibited a security assistance for Ukraine, um, all security assistance for Ukraine. He voted against Amendment 25, uh, so there's 20, Amendment 21, 22, and 25 now, the National Defense Authorization Act, which would have removed the extension of Lend-Lease Authority to Ukraine, right? He voted in favor of H.R. 5692, Ukraine Security Assistance and Oversight Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2023. So we can't roll over and accept McHenry. This man somehow is even worse than McCarthy. This is essentially a European-style coalition government with the Democrats. So, you know, this McHenry guy is nothing but a Ukraine shell that gets paid by the money laundering that goes on from Ukraine. He's a loser, and everybody knows it in Washington. So everyone sees what's going on, right? As someone writes, the Uniparty had their speaker ousted, and they want McHenry in there to replace him. They will ensure Ukraine and Israel don't have to wait for their billions, um, is what somebody said. And I said, demand Trump as interim speaker over McHenry. It's all about the money laundering pay-to-play scheme with the rhino neocon uniparty that controls politicians with money, extortion, and dirty tricks. Representative Matt Gates, action, put a spotlight on the corruption. It's time for Trump now. All right. Here's something that you guys aren't going to like me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Sidney Powell pleaded guilty yesterday in Georgia. That's bad news for Trump. So the uh, the it says here 
Sidney Powell has pleaded guilty in deal with prosecutors over efforts to overturn Trump loss in Georgia. And someone asked, thoughts on this? What do you think of this? And I said, this doesn't help Trump at all. Then again, Sidney Powell never did. All I can say is she was wrong about the Kraken, which she invented. And I know the Kraken personally. And I was uh, featured in, as an anonymous source in a Washington Post article that talked about the Kraken with a writer called John, John Swain. And uh, the Kraken is a woman with a criminal record. And you could, it's, it's for public consumption. Everybody knows that she has this. She's a grifter with a public um, track record for, uh, you know, public records, criminal records uh, for fraud. And, uh, and it's just so true, you know. And so this Kraken, I knew when the writer called me up from the Washington Post, they said, I want to talk to you about a certain person. And I said, why? Because this person is so-called Kraken. I said, you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? For real? And I had a dossier on this person that was a mile long. And I still have it. But uh, so I said, I knew this because I knew the Kraken to be a total fraud and a registered Democrat, by the way who is infiltrating the Republican Party, and you got to be careful of this because this happens all the time, with a criminal record that is publicly available. Her book, Praising the Judge, now this is Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell's book praised the judge that was overseeing the Flynn trial and alignment with lifelong Democrats like Lynn Wood, a lifelong Democrat, uh, Patrick Byrne, a lifelong Democrat, making stuff up, Mike Flynn, General Flynn, also a lifelong Democrat, and a grifter like Ali Alexander. And they were down there in Georgia basically saying, don't vote, don't be dumb, don't be fooled twice. And that cost us that runoff election. We're, but I said here, like lifelong Democrats, like these grifters, were what caused her to make boneheaded, stupid mistakes, do stupid things, win stupid prizes. So I'm not a big fan of Sidney Powell. I don't even trust her as far as I could throw her. Now, I know a lot of you probably disagree. I actually could tell you a couple of other stories about how when she wasn't paid, she um, was supposed to go to one of our show hosts, was going to have her as a speaker. And next thing you know, um, we... uh, they they basically uh, she came late and she uh, cut the day uh, one day short, so her pay was cut and she was demanding a lot of pay for the speakership and uh, and she got really nasty uh, when the deal went south and this was a story I was told firsthand. I want to play this clip here. This is a really great clip audio clip that I want to share with you. Um, and it's uh, it's by Cash Patel. Before we get out of Dodge, I want to make sure I get this in. All right, so take a listen to this. This is incredible. Taxpayers. Now we're oh, spread yeah. out all over Hell's Half Acre. Listen to this. Go ahead, brother. Tell me about the Persian infiltration of our government. 
Yeah, I know you're sitting down, but you're probably going to need a couch after this one. Look, I laid it out in my op-ed last week. The groundwork about the intentional intelligence failures of the Biden regime has led to this World War IV. And I promised the war room posse I'd come back. I'm just finishing the op-ed right now that lays out what I'm going to tell you right now. First ever heard preview. The intelligence decisions by the Biden administration reprioritizing away from the southern border, away from terrorists, away from Iran, away from China. Do you know who they're being made by? There's one individual in the White House National Security Shop, head of intelligence programs. His name is Maher Batar. Maher Batar. Yes, remember that name. He is solely responsible for prioritizing what collection efforts on intelligence or tier one, two, three, and four for President Biden. Why is this guy's name important? Well, one, he used to work for Samantha Powers, but let's put that aside in the United Nations. Two, we just found a photo of Meher Batar um, recently um, wearing Palestinian garb, raising a hand behind a picture that said, we want Jewish apartheid. This is the guy in charge of intelligence operations for the United States of America. That's step one. Step two, Robert Malley. Biden's number one envoy, the guy that's supposed to be keeping us out of war in Iran, had his clearance, security clearance, suspended by Chris Ray's FBI, of all people, just two months ago. You got to ask why. They won't publicly release it. Well, let me tell you why. Because a individual named Ariane Tabatabe, who, by the way, is currently running our special operations office at the Department of Defense, was installed there by Robert Malley. Yes, the former presidential envoy to Iran installed this Iranian national to that position in DOD. And do you know what she did in 2014? She emailed the prime minister's office in Iran, excuse me, the foreign minister, Javed Zarif, and asked for permission as a U.S. citizen to take a trip on behalf of the U.S. government. This individual is still employed at the Department of Defense as the assistant chief of staff for the special operations office. The Iranian regime has infiltrated the Biden administration. We have to find out why Robert Malley got booted. We know this has to do with this lady um, in part. But do you think Chris Ray's FBI would suspend his security clearance and remove him from his post if it wasn't something totally cataclysmic? This is what I'm talking about. We have to put intel in its place. And these people have been installed um, by our enemies to distract away from protecting against American priorities on the border and taking out the CCP in Iran. And now they're in the house. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Go through all three again. You just heard it there. That's a mouthful right there. Look those names up and do your own investigative journalism um, because there's a lot going on here. Like I said, a lot of this Middle East crisis is done by design, not by mistake. For one reason or another, maybe the Carlisle Group knows something I don't, uh, but there's a lot of money laundering going on, folks. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show, and uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation to help keep Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Use Red State over at MyPillow as your promo code. And with that, we'll see you next time We're on the radio. The Goodbye, buddy. Grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.